follow? Or do you lead? Religion, organized religion, spirituality, life philosophy, there are all so many things out there. There's thousands of religions in the world. And I, I'm often curious about what guides people in life. And so I've gotten a couple of people together to have a discussion, an academic, low emotion discussion about religion, spirituality, and life ideologies. This is the discussion meant to show how people developed who they are and how they have an outlook on the world and what they're doing to improve themselves and what they hope others will do to improve the world as well. So without further ado, I'm excited about this conversation and I hope you are too, but let's go. And today on Voices, I am so excited about this episode because it's one that's near and dear to my heart because I, I subscribe and think that I am a, a thinker and I think I'm pretty open-minded, but I, I, I challenge myself today to talk about specifically the things that lead us in our life. So today's topic is what do you follow or do you lead? The focus is on religion, spirituality, and the grander scheme of, of life. And today joining me are Jordan, Chris, Madeline, Colin, and Brian. These are people who represent uh, very different uh, ideologies, faiths, and um, life um, paths. And I thank them so much for being a part of it. Uh, we want to have a discussion to just bring to light some of the other perspectives that exist in the world, because I think we live in a place where algorithms and uh, clickbait fill up our lives and I want to go past that. So uh, no person can introduce themselves better than themselves. So if, if we would, we're going to go in this order. Colin, I'll have you go first, followed by Chris, then I'll have Madeline, Brian, and then Jordan. And then we will start with the first question. So Colin, if you'll start us off with introducing yourself briefly. Sure thing. Uh, my name is Colin Perron. I am um, the co-founder of um, a company called Finditly that does AI tracking. Um, I am, uh, from a religion standpoint, um, I grew up a Christian, uh, Baptist at one point, um, and uh, my grandmother was Lutheran, um, and uh, I left Christianity when while I was in the military and became an atheist. Um, it was a progressive kind of experience, but um, I certainly um, uh, I made the, the the jump and 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 uh, have been active with um, a secular student alliance when I was when I went back to college and um, I'm still relatively active um, with cross faith uh, leadership uh, in in my local community. And Chris, hey, good afternoon, Chris Carrado. I run two small businesses. One is with investments and insurance, and then one is entertainment-based with a focus on stand-up comedy. I was raised Catholic, did fall off for a while, and then did come back about five and a half years ago, so I'm a practicing Catholic. Thank you, sir. And Madeline? Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Madeline Crawford. Uh, I was born 
raised Methodist Christian, but I kind of, you know, opened my mind to more things and now relate to the label omnism, which is like a belief and respect of all religion. Thank you, Madeline. I appreciate it. Brian? Uh, hi, my name is Brian Delahanty. Uh, I got a degree in biomedical engineering and I'm now a uh, first year dental student at UNC. Uh, I grew up and I was raised Lutheran. My mom's whole side of the family is Lutheran. My dad's side of the family is Catholic. But uh, yeah, I grew up and I associate more with some of the practices of the Lutheran side of things. Thank you, sir, and Jordan. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Jordan. Uh, I currently am delivering cars uh, with Carvana uh, full-time, and then also DJ um, on the entertainment side as well um, um, on the weekends as well. Uh, I guess growing up, I didn't really grow up any particular religion. Um, my parents didn't really get me involved in that much, but I would say that I tended to, um, I guess, believe in like a blanket Christian faith, uh, then eventually um, made my way to be an atheist. Um, I wouldn't call it like a, I'd use more of a Richard Dawkins scale of the atheism, whereas like not everything could be absolute because you don't know. So I'm kind of like, at a, from a one to seven, like a 6.5, 6.2. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you get the first question, you get to start us off. How would you define okay. religion? Um, I would define religion, typically I would define religion as a ideology being shared by a group of uh, individuals large enough, um, to where they can have some significance. Um, yeah, just believing in honestly anything, uh, for me, it's like a higher being. That's how, that's how I view religion. Um, I would define that as uh, believing a, a God, um, whether it's many or just one. Um, I would view that as religion. Um, however, the one that does kind of, for me, um, kind of challenge that notion, I guess Buddhism um, is considered religion. I don't, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't particularly think they believe in a God, they just believe in a way of life. Uh, yeah, that's, they, they, it's not a religion, as the, uh, the no, studies no. that I, I have had. Uh, Brian? Brian. Um. Well, I've actually, I was going to build off of that point on Buddhism, is I've always heard that is also being spiked up as a religion. However, the big difference is that, like you said, they don't actually believe in a god, although they do believe in things that are spiritual, just not an actual deity, per se. But, uh, right. yeah, I normally uh, define religion based on it being a set of beliefs and practices for explaining both, and also moral code, often used to try to explain uh, why like things are, where things came from, and basically trying to explain information that is outside the purview of what you can explain through scientific methods. That makes sense. That actually does try to explain the unknown. So uh, Madeline, what would you define religion as? I would say I believe pretty similarly to Brian. Um, I think it's a way of explaining things that we couldn't explain before, things we can't explain now. And um, like he said, you know, just a way to make 
a moral code that makes sense. That, that, I'm, I'm glad you said that. We're going to touch on that a little, little bit as well. Uh, Chris, how would you define religion? I would define religion as a belief system that gives you a history on what happened, what you're supposed to do now to prepare you for what happens after this. Okay. And Colin. So um, I, I, I more narrowly um, define religion as something that people use to worship um, a something that's supernatural or outside the, the, the order of what is natural, right? Supernatural or, or, or a super being, um, God or gods. Um, um, and, I, and I know in some cases, maybe there is no God, um, but they still are spiritual towards something. So I guess that that would also be included in my definition, but really is something outside of the um, the the order of of our our, our natural uh, scale, so to speak. So um, you know, I, I know people who define who, who classify themselves as atheists, um, but uh, believe in some sort of sort of spirituality. Um, uh, uh, you know, so I I think that's still religious in my book. Um, whereas there are atheists that are non-religious or even anti-religious. Um, it's, it's almost like what, uh, was it Chris who was refer referring to the Richard Dawkins scale, <laughs> strong atheist, weak atheist, um, or is it Jordan? Okay. Sorry, Jordan. Um, I have, I've actually met Richard Dawkins, um, um, and, uh, hung out with him back in Hawaii. Um, and I've also met Arun Gupta, who's the grandfather of, um, or I mean, the grandson of, um, um, uh, Gandhi. So um, I, I've talked to them about these things before, um, uh, and obviously Richard Dawkins is very opinionated uh, about his atheism. So, well, and and so uh, Chris, I'll have you start on this next question. So it'll be Chris, Madeline, Colin, Jordan, and then Brian. So this next question is interesting to me because uh, I think religion is, is is a significant thing in the world but i think that, that the trouble that comes with religion and i think what often turns people off is the organization of religion when people feel the need to organize the people who have similar faiths that sort of tribal thing once the organization becomes a part of it and there becomes a hierarchy of humans then i think that's where the, the issue comes what effects do you think the organization of religion has on the perception of how people see the religion. So again, Chris, Madeline, Colin, Jordan, and Brian. And I'll repeat the question uh, as needed. So Chris, could you go first? Yeah, can you uh, repeat that again? I want to make sure I give the best response possible. Yeah, so like, what effect do you think the organization of religion has on the perception of how, of how people perceive it? The effect? Well, I mean, there's so many different, even just Christian religions out there. So, I mean, a lot of times the effect it's going to have is based upon what the individual wants to believe, if, if that makes any sense. 
I, I can clarify. No, it it makes sense. No, I mean, you can clarify because I, I totally get what you're saying, though. Yeah, I mean, organ, organized religion. No? Yeah. You know, and I, and so, as someone who's Catholic, you know, that was, from what I gather, the first Christian religion. And, I mean, it's, I'm sure that a lot of things have, a lot of things have definitely changed throughout the years. But it, it's, you know, it's definitely become not just faith-based, but in some ways it's cultural, too. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. Madeline? I would say, in my personal opinion, the organization of religion is kind of um, a thing that turns people away. They see it as something that's like, like you said, almost like a hierarchy of, you know, just all these different things. And I can see it as a way that people are kind of scared off. All right. Colin? Yeah, so... um. First of all, let me correct what I, I, I said. I don't know why I said Arun Gupta. It's uh, Arun Gandhi. I, I meant Arun Gandhi. But uh, that's, I think that's Arun fine. Gupta is my doctor. But uh, I was thinking about that. <laughs> like, I need to set up a doctor's appointment. Um, the uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So I I think by by the by nature of human organization, I don't think there's anything wrong with people organizing. Right. I believe that. You know, whether it's religious or non-religious, uh, people organizing to do something good is a powerful thing. And that's not, a, to me, that's not a supernatural aspect of it. It's just people doing good. Like I said, there are a lot of people, um, you know, right now I have friends in, in Seattle that um, have their PhDs in theology. They're really religious, but they still work with atheists and they work with, you know, um, Jews and, and, and Buddhists and Muslims and and, uh, you know, they can still organize together and do something powerful. And so I don't think the organization of humanity is necessarily a bad thing. Um, uh, that said, I think that um, religion is a starting point uh, to solve um, worldly problems it can be problematic. Uh, so um, that's that's why I'm an atheist. Uh, but uh, that's, um, you know, I kind of curious to hear what, what, other, what other people think. And can you repeat that one more time? Because you said uh, uh, religion to solve um, worldly problems is what? Because it kind of cut out on me. Oh, yeah. I don't think, uh, you know, religion to solve worldly problems aren't necessarily, it's not necessarily a good starting point. Um, I'm What I'm saying is, when people organize to do something good is very different than, um, you know, uh, using religion as a vehicle um, to force people to do good, right? So there's, um, I think that those are two different things in my mind. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything inherently bad with people organizing. Okay, okay. And uh, Jordan? Um, can you just rephrase the question one more time? Not to rephrase it, to say the question. Yeah. Just to make sure I'm no, 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 no. I, I got you. So, like, what effects does organizing religion have on the perception that people have of it, uh, sort of publicly? Uh, okay. So, I think that's kind of like a. There's good and bad. So, uh, of course, for any situation, um, 
you know, that could be uplifting for others that see that there is a group of people that um, uh, show to be, um, show and claim to, you know, want better for everyone and to uh, build a community and doing good. Um, however, I do think the bad that comes from that is the, uh, is the quote unquote misinterpretation that some other religions would claim the other religion has. And so that just comes with basic like tribalism and anything. So I think that's where the negative comes in because it's very skewed to your personal belief and there's nothing like concrete, um, overall. All right. Thank you, sir. And Brian. Well, I think that uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head with that one with the fact that it is good to be able to bring together groups of people who are like-minded, and it does create a tribalistic effect. In terms of the perception it has, it does have a lot of perception for good because I feel like a lot of times uh, the biggest thing that stops these sort of community involvements and improvements from stepping forward is just no one speaking up and actually taking the initiative to organize something to try to better the area around them. And uh, when these sorts of groups of people come together and they're like, oh, we want to do something to help the community, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. That's how you get more people involved and you have a much greater impact. So I think those sorts of uh, activities by religious organizations really does help improve the perception. But there are also a fr uh, fringe sex of people in these uh, religions that have the ability to do a tremendous amount of bad, especially if they hold any sort of leadership position in their uh, congregation, let's say, because suddenly any negative actions that they say or make will then be cast across the entire group as a whole since they're like, well, they're the leader of that group, so all of them must think this or want to do this. So... That's a, it's a double edged sword. Yeah, just a double edged sword. And it's the perfect segue because Jordan alluded to it a little bit as well misinterpretation and leadership. So, my question, the next question, and we'll go Brian, Colin, Jordan, Chris, and then Madeline. And again, I'll repeat uh, as, as necessary do religions and the organizations of religions need leaders? Do they need leaders? Because I think. That's a really big thing. I mean, you, some of you touched on it a little bit, but I think that's a huge part of the organization part. So, Brian, I have you go first, followed by Colin, Jordan, Chris, and Madeline. Do religions need leaders? Um, using Christianity as the example, I would definitely say there needs to be some form of leadership structure just because there are so many complexities in it that people literally spend lifetimes just trying to work through some of the fine details and understand what is actually trying to be portrayed. And let's face it, it's very difficult for even these people who are dedicating their entire lives to it to work through everything. There's always challenges that come up and beliefs, and they're always discovering new things every time they look at it. So I think in a way, having an organization have a leader definitely is a critical part of it for helping disseminate the information and really knowing how to uh, apply it to members of people who are looking for religious guidance. For instance, 
if someone has just been through numerous tra uh, tragedies in their lives, such as loss of a family member, they can go to some sort of religious leader and they may be able to offer them counsel and say, well, as you know, uh, you believe this religion, it says here, this, that, the other, and give them tailored advice to their specific situation that helps give them the emotional support that they need. That would be incredibly difficult if you didn't have people who are in these key roles and dedicating their times and lives to doing this. All right, Colin. Uh, actually, I'm in agreement with, what is that, Brian, um, on that one. I, I Colin, so yep. do, do religions... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I said uh, I'm actually in agreement with him on that one. Um, that I, I think, religious or not, of course, uh, I would I would probably say not. Um, for, <laughs> even um, any organization needs leaders, and um, you know, it's you know, as humans, we tend to. Uh, and humans in groups, we tend towards entropy, right? Like, so we, we tend to move away um, from this organized sort of fashion. So in, in many ways, I do, I do agree that there should be leaders. Um, I think the challenge is um, some leaders do abuse that power. Absolutely. Jordan? Uh, I, I agree with that. I think every organization needs a leader, um, <clears throat> leaders um to help people um however um i do think that we tend to as humans with anything use that as a crutch to not necessarily look into everything ourselves so it's good there's good and bad with it all right chris absolutely i mean you know teams need a coach you know, different political parties need elected officials. So, yeah, of course, you need a leader, someone who dedicates their time and life to this. So you have someone to go to, because if you're busy, you know, doing your thing, you may not be able to pay as much attention to it and therefore need someone who is a specialist in that to help you. That makes sense. And Madeline? To be honest, um, my first instinct was to say no, because for me, religion is such like a personal thing that it's really something for me. I look inside, but after hearing all these opinions on it, I would have to agree that it is helpful to have, you know, a leader in place to help those people that maybe they are busy or maybe they are having trouble looking inside. It's good to have someone who, you know, specializes in that. That's perfect. And so my question, and I'll, I'll go Madeline, Jordan, Chris, Brian, and Colin, and I'll, I'll repeat the questions as needed. So if these organizations do have leaders, various different organizations of faith-based, spiritual, religious, whatever, uh, how do they choose the leaders? Because I think that's where you start to have because what is the process of choosing? Uh, Chris alluded to like political organizations need leaders. And uh, if we use that as a sense, we we can liken it to popularity contests. And so we have to think, is the most popular person, should they be the leader? Or is the most intelligent person, should they be the leader? Like, who should be the leaders and how should we choose them? So, again, Madeline, Jordan, Chris, Brian, and then Colin. 
With my experience being raised, you know, in the Southern Christian Methodist Church, it really is like a popularity contest. Um, it seems to be, at least. And um, I don't know what exactly all plays into it. I hope, you know, their intelligence and, you know, structure within their belief uh, plays into it. But it seems to be popularity. Okay. And so how do you think uh, these people should choose, like, the leader? How, how can they choose them? Um, I would say a better way to choose people would be, you know, really see what they do for their community, how they represent their belief, whatever it may be. Okay. Jordan? Um, I don't know. Honestly, you asking that question kind of reminds me of, like, a philosophical thing where um, – how like I, I don't know how do you do how do you choose that i mean i guess the simple answer would be to find somebody that you can be personable with and can understand you more but at the same time that's not without its exploits and um i don't know it's actually a really hard question once you like really think about it because like i don't think we as humans have done a very good job uh as a like throughout all of human history and picking good leaders um we've had we've had a few we've had a few good ones um there's always exceptions to the rule but i mean look how many bad ones we picked so my short answer to that is i don't know that's a good answer though uh chris yeah so definitely like likability is going to be important hard work passion knowledge so just using another sports analogy you know when it comes to picking a leader sometimes if this makes sense, sometimes the most average player ends up being a great coach. So it's really going to be about somebody who can step up and say, hey, look, guys, this is what we need to do. This is how we're going to get it done. And if they follow through and things work out well and it's successful, then that should be the person that should be leading. So, I mean, I'm not obviously never been a big Patriots fan, but I don't know. I don't think Bill Belichick <laughs> ever played football. And I mean, he might have. Actually, I think he did play, but let's just be honest. He's he did something right with that team, even if you want to get into the whole without going into the whole cheating and deflate and all that. <laughs> right. The guy. Right. Can I? Can I? Oh, sorry. The guy did some great things with that team, and I don't think he played very well when he was in high school or college. But he had a system that worked. So, you know, why not just apply that with your uh, faith or any type of leading? Right. Jordan, go ahead. Challenge that real quick. Go Um, for it. And when I say challenge, I mean it's like a respectful way, obviously. But I think using a sports related term, like what's obviously there's a clear goal in mind. However, with sports, like that goal is seen. Whereas this uh, uh, metaphorical game of football that we're playing, uh, that people play, we don't know if there's actual Lombardi there. So I think that's kind of a um, – it's a good analogy, like, on its face. I don't think, you know, we can necessarily judge, like, the average player that can lead them the best. What if they're, for whatever sake, leading the wrong – I don't even like, I don't even know how to, like, really say it, but, like, we don't know how good they actually are because we don't know – we haven't seen that end goal until we passed. Yeah, like, I don't know well, how – Well, Luke, what is go back to that or no? religion, like, right? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say, no, he's right. I mean, obviously, we all can't die right now and then go find out and be like, hey, look who's right and who's wrong. 
you know, and come back. But if <laughs> right. you have a certain, if you have a certain faith, you know, the goal, you know, whatever the goal is that, you know, whatever your faith is and you decide that this is the right way to be, then you have that faith that you do know the answer and it will be proven to you when you die. But yeah, we can't like all die and then come back and say, okay, you were right or you were wrong. <laughs> Right. Just one more, just one more interjection. Just one more interjection. <laughs> Thank you. That. Go ahead. Go but like, ahead. Go but ahead. What, if, but what if the sport you're playing is football and somebody else is playing checkers? You know, that's yeah. yeah. it's like I don't know. Yeah. That, that, that's all. I well, get it. I totally get it. Ultimately, you know, unless you know someone, unless there is no afterlife, if there is, we are going to find out who was right and who was wrong and what happened. That's that. That's so true, Brian. Thank you, gentlemen, Brian. Uh, so, uh, how do we choose the leader? Well, ultimately, I feel like it depends on each uh, organized group for the congregation, or depends what level too of leadership. But, like you said earlier, honestly, there's not a whole lot different between religion and politics, and so. It's honestly up to each organization to determine its structure, but I don't think there's anything wrong with even just taking the whole election approach for choosing the leadership roles and who deserves to be in what position. And in the same way, if you find that your leader is someone that doesn't conform to your belief patterns and your values, then you can also remove them from the same position that you gave them. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, so you know, I I know that uh, that uh, a lot of a lot of religions, like for example, my brother's religion, he's he's a he's Christian, and so uh, in order for him to become a pastor, right, he had to go to seminary school. So it was like a master's degree, and um, and then um, depending on uh, a you know. A, the church elders they would they would basically hire them the pastor's function is basically like the ceo of a church so it comes down to it um as an atheist um i know that sometimes this is kind of difficult because sometimes the, the loudest atheist or the angriest atheist is that dude <laughs> trying to take down that 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 cross or whatever <laughs> the nativity scene and your local right. <laughs> wherever he's the, he's the one that like the news wants to interview right like so you're like yeah you, you just want to interview the most crazy dude in our atheism he's by no means the um the, what it looks like uh, leadership wise um in the atheist community um you know a secularist community actually is is what we're, we typically call ourselves um uh but yeah i mean there's, I think, depending on the organization, that that has to be up to the group of people um, whether or not. Now, I personally believe that believe that you know you have to be qualified to um, to be a leader. You know, so it's a combination of qualification and time, right? Uh, I'm not a big fan of like if we're, we're gonna kind of segue to we already went to sports, so let's let's go to politics. More controversial here. Um, I don't believe in, you know, um, a politician in, in voting for a politician that has no experience in politics, has no experience in public service. Um, you know, I, I think that is harmful to a society, to our society specifically. Um, so, you know, 
I, I believe um, that we should, and again, it's, this is my, my, my belief, it's, it's not necessarily true, um, but I believe that we should select our leaders based on qualification and the ability to or time to do so, right? Um, you know, you can, you can, maybe you have the qualification to go be a coach in, <laughs> in sports, but the reality is you've got a day job um doing something else and you're uh you're really good at that other thing um and you're needed in that other thing then you know do you just you know throw everything away and 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 just go be a coach or or um or maybe you're not qualified to be a coach you just you know hey i i don't know anything about uh i don't know pick badminton I don't know. I I don't know the rules of it. I don't know that, but I can't go. Should I go to the Olympics all of a sudden? Go start coaching those people? I don't have the qualifications to do that, and I, nor do I think that people should just vote me to to go become a coach. <laughs> you know? No, I understand. Uh, I, I yeah. do. I, I think the qualifications thing is a is a very, really good question, but it, it segues to my my next question, and then, so we'll start with Jordan. Colin, uh, Brian, Madeline, and then Chris. So I, this is a question that I've heard as a, a, an argument against a religion, and it's why do do you think p some people attribute human characteristics to God? Like I've, I've heard the saying, and I, I'm just paraphrasing, if your God hates the same thing you hate, then you may need to question who your God is. So uh, I, I think that matters. So uh, Jordan, I'll have you go first, and Colin, Brian, Madeline, and then Chris. Uh, like, w why do you think people attribute human characteristics to God if they're if you if they believe in a God? Um, real quick, I'm sorry about the wind. So if it gets too bad, let me know. Um, All right, you're good. But uh, I think that's really a hard. So, in my personal belief, I think the reason why we attribute uh, we being human is not necessarily me. The tribute God is being like humanly and having human characteristics. Personally, it's just because it's just like a, I believe that it is man-made. And so we don't, we don't have any other choice but to attribute uh, that godly figure, whoever it is, from it. Like we have to attribute our experiences from that. We don't, if there is a God, we wouldn't know what it looks like. He, she, it. Um, so the only way we can do it if we make him like a powerful like king man you know so that's i don't know i had i know i sound a little discombobulated that's a really hard question to answer um, no 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 i understand because that's that's normally the thing that happens with people is they attribute human characteristics to a uh, a, a divine omniscient omniscient omnipresent being and it to me it's confusing so that's why i asked the question but that was a good answer uh colin what do you think um, so I, I think you're, that's specific to one religion. I think there are some, many other religions, you know, um, there are other religions that, that believe their deities are animals. So, um, you know, I, I, I suppose if, if you're comfortable and used to a religion that, 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 you know, um, that assigns human characteristics to, um, that specific deity, then, you know, then I think you just got used to it. Um, that, that's all, <laughs> yeah, cause you know, you can, you can go 
talked to someone else who believes in, you know, Gaia or something like that, and it might be different. There, there, maybe there are no human characteristics there. Well, and I guess the sort of the phrasing is, is basically like, but it's characteristics to things we're familiar with that we like to characterize. Because, I mean, you can include animals, you can include the earth, you can include nature. And we just, we, uh, many humans in generally, generally care, um, use characteristics of things they're uh, uh, accustomed to or that they've seen to to a divine being. And to me, that's that's confusing. I get it, but it's also confusing. But I get what you're saying as well. Yeah, uh, I'm, and, and, and again, not, not, not all religions necessarily believe in an, an omnis- a singular, omniscient, omnipotent, um, you know, all good sort of singular being, right? So I, I, I still right. think, yeah, that's no, their specific. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Uh, Brian? Um, I feel like the biggest reason is exactly kind of what you were just alluding to is the fact that we as humans are only able to really comprehend things from our own experiences and what we recognize and what we can actually comprehend. So if you do believe in a omnipotent, omniscient being like they do in Islam, Judaism, Christianity, then it's just unfathomable about how different such a being would be compared to our own personal experiences. We have to put in terms that we understand so we can try to pick apart more of the rhetoric and explanations that are going on and the religious teachings. Just easier to comprehend that way. (laughs) Right. And uh, Madeline? I have to agree pretty much with you know, what Brian said, there's no way for us to really even imagine, you know, what a god or a deity or anything like that could look like or even be like. We just attribute what we know to what we think we know. Makes sense. All right. So uh, another thing is about the support system, right? So we talked a little bit about the, um, the, 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 the religion in general and sort of people clustering. But one of the issues that we see that people have that may be combative in some organized religions is the need for support. So uh, why do you think some people are um, either have negative energy or feeling towards people who don't believe in the same things? Because that's really the crux of the conversation is so how do we be inclusive and when we try to be inclusive and it's rejected why is the reaction normally negative so why do you think there's a negative reaction to people who don't believe in the same things that you believe so we will start with uh chris followed by madden uh, madeline uh, colin jordan and brian hey lou yes sir did you want me to answer that last question Oh, I, you know, I, I looked at my, I skipped, yep, can you answer that one? And then I was going to start with you anyways. My apologies, yes. No, that's fine. Um, so I, w- I would say as far as, you know, I would say relatability. So two points to that is, wasn't there a movie that came out with Jodie Foster called Contact? Yes. Where she was like an astronaut or a scientist, right? Yes, sir. Yep. So if you watch yep, the end of that movie, when she does make contact, what did they send down to her? They sent a human more and her father so she would be able to relate and feel more safe to talk to whomever whatever she was reaching out to 
So humans do the same thing. You use a human being to, I guess, help you relate more to it, right? Right. right. And then, of course, if you're you're Christian, you know, God came down here as a man, so naturally that would be a, a human to, you know, use physical human attributes to. I totally agree. And so the support system and rejection and the reactions to those rejections, what do you think about that? Why, people mistreat people differently? Yeah. Well, that, that's just like anything else in life. You know, human beings, a lot of times when they don't understand something or they fear something, they mock, mock it, they'll persecute it. So when you don't agree with somebody and you don't even want to give them a fair chance or they're different than you, you automatically have negative feelings and potentially attack in one way or another. I totally understand that. Madeline? Could you repeat the question? Yeah, so like it's just the need for support. So uh, because many of uh, the, the organized religions or the organizations of spirituality religion, they have uh, a sort of a tribal sort of uh, mentality or organized mentality. And then uh, if that mentality is rejected by individuals, sometimes those individuals are met with negativity. And so why do you think there's a, a need or why do you think that's the reaction to when people reject specific organizations? I think maybe using Christianity as an example, some people think those that don't believe are negative or have like a negative connotation to themselves and um i think it's honestly out of fear for what they don't know okay and uh colin um you know since i'm an atheist i've certainly experienced this um uh, you know when when i just i'm not interested in that religion so so um the thing is i think uh, it comes down to what is approved by the religion, right? Um, to um, if if we look at um, any of the Abrahamic religions, you know, from um, Islam to uh, Christianity, you know, it has to be God approved, right? So if you're not, if you don't believe in God, that's that's one of the primary tenets of that those religions. It's therefore you know, you are not one of us, you, you know, um, so I, you know, in, in some, a lot of their texts, it's, it's, a, it's about, you know, who believes in this God, um, you know, uh, the, if you don't believe in, in this, then you're going to hell. If you're, if you don't believe in, in this, then you're, yeah, you know you're you're bad. You're really bad in some way. So that that is the metric uh, by which some religions, you know, measure, um, you know, you know what is good. So th of course it's e it's you know it's easy to just jump to that conclusion to say, well, yes. since you don't believe, then you you must be bad. Period. Full stop. I'm not going to be interested in talking to you. So <laughs> it's it's embedded in the, the religion itself. Ah, I, I hear it. Uh, Jordan? Um, I don't know. I'm going to have a hard time answering this question, too. No, it's just weird. Um, it's tribalism, obviously, but 
you know, if we don't believe the same things, that difference can, I guess, for a more personal experience, like if I believe, you know, I firmly believe like the, the KKK is a very evil organization. If I find somebody that doesn't think that they are, that, that's, that's troublesome because of the harm that can be done by that particular example. You know what I mean? So if yeah, somebody I'm... thinks that, you know, an abomination is going to like being in the world will lead them to hell and like and i don't think it's an abomination then i guess in their eyes i am leading them i'm leading the world and maybe the people that they love into a place that they don't want them to go hmm. right and i, I want to interject with that because i i think you know i want to expand with that like you know to, to reinforce my point that you know again it, it's it's embedded in the religion itself, right? So if you are part of a religion that says that, then it's likely that you're probably not gonna like me, <laughs> just because, just because of my, you know, my non my non belief of your specific religion. So you know, it's 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 actually in your guidelines. So it makes sense that you would not like me. Yeah, which is unfortunate. And Brian, well. Going off of uh, what they were just discussing, I do agree that a large part of it's the fact that humans by nature are just social creatures. We have a sense of need to belong to the groups around us. It's basically second nature at this point for survival from way on back. But the big thing about it is that uh, that phenomenon still even happens in religions that are supposed to promote acceptance of others, such as, like they said, Abrahamic religions like Judaism, Christianity, and Islam that are supposed to preach things like tolerance. But once again, regard, I think more regardless of what the actual religion even necessarily says on the subject one way or the other, humans just don't like associating with things that challenge their sense of belonging. I'm I'm right there with it. So, uh, I got a couple more questions. It's a it's this this question is a two part question, so you can answer both. Uh, so, because of just the, the answers that everyone has given across the board, it, it it leads to this question: How can religion be more inclusive, and should it be? And the the grand question: So, what happens on the other side? Do we need to know that or no? So, can how can religion be more inclusive, and should it be? And what happens on the other side of life? So we'll start with Brian, then we'll go to Colin, Jordan, Chris, and then Madeline. Well, in terms of becoming more inclusive, the biggest thing, honestly, is, and this is more of a societal need on a broad scale, is people need to get to a point to where they're comfortable in their own beliefs. They are able to more freely think for themselves, create these ideas for what they believe is correct. Because at the end of the day, we all have theories, hypotheses about what there is or isn't in the afterlife, if there even is an afterlife. And no one actually knows or has any more authority to say than anyone else in that regard. So we need to just reach this point where we form our own ideas and we are okay with walking away and accepting when others disagree with us. Okay. And so what do you think happens on the other side of life? Um, I mean, personally, I think there is an afterlife. Uh, like I said, 
out of the various religions I've looked at and what they talk about, their teachings, how it relates to my understanding of the universe and what ideas I have about creation. Christianity lines up very well with my personal beliefs, but uh, that doesn't mean I'm any more right or wrong than the next guy on the street. <laughs> Damn, I'm good with that. Uh, Colin? <laughs> Um, I don't think that we should ever really lead with religion. Um, it's like trying to go into, uh, you know, I've lived in Boston before. If you ever go to Boston and then just go to any bar there and say, I hate the Red Sox. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's the one way to, to definitely like not like, so I think that by, by putting a team out there right off of the bat, it's just kind of, it divides people from the get-go so i don't think religion is a good starting point um i do think that we are you know um as a as an atheist and a secular humanist we are all humans you start off with there i think that's a good spot to be in to say okay look we're all in the same human boat you know whether you think this you know boat continues after we die um you know it doesn't really matter at the moment because we're all in the same boat right now so we got to make this world a little bit better together for now and you know believe what you want to believe in afterwards um so that's that's what i i, I think uh, now personally do i think there's um an afterlife no i don't um i think you know uh i think we've manufactured that as humans uh because we've we've lived in in you know pardon my language a really shitty world right you you there's <laughs> a lot of bad out there and you know, when if you experience a lot of that bad, there's got to be something better. You've got to have some sort of hope to bring you to that. And if if you're nearing the end of your life, it's it's sad. It genuinely is sad if you think that there's um, there isn't an afterlife. So I can see how a lot of people will use that to kind of get them through the day, right? Um, uh, that said, um, I you know I don't think that. Um, I I think uh, I don't think that. You know there is an afterlife, so I think that for me, I want to focus on 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 make making this world a little bit better. Um, not trying to escape it, not trying to you know um, you know bide my time until I die, so that way I can you know move on to the next world or you know get reincarnated into Beyonce or something like that, depending on my religion. <laughs> so you know it's that's uh, that's my belief. All right, Jordan. Can you restate the question? Yeah. So, um, how can religion become more inclusive, or it should even be more inclusive? And what happens on the other side of life, in your opinion? Um, I don't think religion inherently can be more inclusive than it already is, because I think even now um, there's a stretch for it to be inclusive, and I think that's largely due to. Um, the contra there's a lot of contradictions within like the texts that people read and it's kind of confusing so it's kind of like the book's like it's final that book is final it's not being you know it's not like a science book that you know once you find out new information it changes this way like it is what it is at this point um there's no changing it and so i think we're like we're already seeing a struggle with that now with people kind of um being more open to other things with the religion um so, the answer to that question, and 
I don't think it would, I don't know. I don't know if there's an afterlife and I don't want to make a claim to, I don't think it's smart for me to make a claim that I don't actually know, I guess for, for giggles. I don't, I don't know. I actually don't know. I don't want to, yeah, that's my answer. No, I don't know. <laughs> I absolutely respect that because you know the interesting thing. Before uh, I have uh, Chris and uh, Madeline answer is that there, there's an interesting thing that people are afraid to say. I don't know. I feel often because they think people will think they're unintelligent, but the ability to know you don't know, I think, is one of the highest levels of intelligence, in my opinion. But that's just me interjecting. So, Chris, well, thank you uh, how do you, <laughs> how can a religion uh, be more inclusive, or should it be? And what happens on the other side? So, I think I think the best way, if you want it to be more inclusive, it should be how you approach somebody. So, if you are not, if you're a nice person, right, and whether you're just that way because that's who you are, or that's part of has something to do with that's part of your faith, maybe not lead off with why you're doing what you do. So, for example, if I do something nice for somebody, they might ask me, well, hey, why did, why did you do that? I don't necessarily have to lead off with, well, I'm a, I'm a Christian, and that's just what we do. Well, I'm doing it in the name of Jesus. So you could just be like, hey, I just wanted to help you and do the right thing and see where it goes from there. Right. That makes sense. Might, and might, so what do you think? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you might you know, freak somebody out or scare them away when you could potentially have more commonalities with them, but kind of already push them away a little bit, potentially. Makes sense. So what do you think happens on the other side of life? Well, I mean, I <laughs> I don't know 100% all, all the details, but I definitely believe there is an afterlife. So just because I feel like I, I talk to God every day and he, in one shape of one way, shape, or form, he answers me, even if it's what I don't want to be told. <laughs> and I just don't. <laughs> okay. Right, exactly, you know. Um, and, of course, I don't necessarily believe in coincidence, so I just feel like too many things have happened in my life that, that there's no way this is all just coincidence. But what happens in the, if I had to tell you what I think think happens, and you know, I think you're not going to feel pain anymore. I don't think you're going to feel any type of sadness and everything is always just going to be good and happy. You know, it sounds crazy because as we think, as we think about it right now, when we think of good and happy, you know, how do you know the difference without bad? But I just feel it'll be a totally different situation because we, you know, we're not going to be in this same body anymore there. I, I, that's good. And Madeline, so what, uh, how can religion be more inclusive, or should it even be inclusive? And what happens on the other side of life? I'd say for religion to be more inclusive, as crazy as it may sound to some people who follow religion, you just gotta be more open-minded. I know that's something some people struggle with, because like they said, you know, that book is final. That's what some people live and die by. But you have to be more open to people that don't necessarily fit into your religion. Because if, if it is your religion like Christianity, you know, it is your goal to go help people find their way. So that's how I would say maybe consider people who don't fit your bill of Christianity. Okay. And what do you think happens on the other side of life? Um, to be honest, I don't know because, you know, I kind of 
learn about a lot of different religions, be it our, you know, notion of heaven or your own personal heaven or reincarnation. It could be any of those things. I, I couldn't tell you. I had, do have a question where it comes to religion and, and family life. So with this, uh, if you're going to be or you are a parent, how important is it that your child believes the same thing you believe? And how would you feel if they chose to believe differently? So um, I'll have Chris go first, followed by anyone else who wants to follow. So I, I believe it's very important. However, I wouldn't necessarily push it too hard on them. I think you, you should educate your child on what you believe. But then at a certain point, he or she, when they become an adult, it is now their decision. And I, if they decided not to go the same route I went, I would just, just like to know why. Okay. Well, thank you, sir. Anybody else want to chime in? Uh, sure. Um, my view on the whole matter is more of the fact that, uh, as a parent, it's important for you to uh, try to share all of your wealth of knowledge with your children to help prepare them for the world. And in some ways that can also be to give them emotional and religious guidance. So in a way, I think it is important to share what you know or what you believe and your thoughts on it. But at the end of the day, as Several people have discussed earlier, uh, religion's a very individualized thing. It's up to that child to make their own beliefs. And your job as a parent to respect it and continue to love and accept your child as part of your family. Awesome. And uh, I think, Colin, you wanted to chime in. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm, I am a parent. Um, and I... I yeah, I, obviously, as a parent, you do want to try to imbue as much of your belief and um, uh, wisdom to your kids. And um, uh, so, yes, I, I would I would hope that um, my my daughter would um, certainly have similar uh, belief um, in the sense that you know uh, we don't think religion is a good thing, um, but. At the same time, if she became a Christian after 18 or something like that, that's that's kind of her her deal. Um, <laughs> I know it'd be it'd probably be pretty hurtful for my wife, um, you know, who had who experienced a lot worse things um, growing up in the Christian community. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that's I think it's still an individual path that she needs to take. All right. Thank you, sir. Jordan and Madeline, did you want to chime in? Um, I can chime in. Um, I think for me, it's not really important uh, that they share my same belief. I do think it's important, however, that I set the foundation for them to um, um, come to an, an in, like, not intelligent, it sounds mean, um, Informed. An educated, informed, uh, their own informed opinion of it. There we go. Thanks. Yeah, because right. um, I, I was fortunate enough that, you know, my parents, you know, we never even talked about religion. So I just kind of like went along with the crowd until like one day I was like, wait, why am I doing this? I didn't, it wasn't being reinforced at home in the way that it was in uh, society. And so that gave me the chance to get away from it, to start asking questions without feeling like, 
I was pressured into something. So I just want to set like the foundation, the building blocks to being informed and making sure that you're getting the information uh, the right way and that um, you aren't misconstruing information to get to that point and that you're, you know, making an informed decision. So that's what's important to me. Okay. And Madeline, did you want to chime in or no? Yeah, um, I just had to say that I don't think it's necessarily important to share the same belief, but let them know that it's okay to, you know, branch out and explore beliefs that, you know, not even something I know, you know, just make your own decision. And that's a very fair answer. So you all have given fantastic, great, insightful answers. And so as we wrap up, uh, I've named the, the podcast Voices Intentionally because I wanted to make sure the voices of the people that I know and have come encounter with is, is shared in a, in a way where people can hear them. It's more than typing, right? And so uh, as the final word, I like to have all the contributors to have the final word because it's about you and definitely not about me. But I do thank you for being a part of this conversation. And so... So what I'll have is I'll have uh, us end the way we started, where I'll have uh, Colin go first, followed by Chris, Matt, Madeline, Brian, and Jordan. Any final thoughts you have, you can express it so it can be about the topic we've been talking about, or it can be about anything that is on your heart. So again, I thank you, and I'll start with Chris. I mean, Colin. I'm Colin. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, I... I I appreciate everyone kind of reinforcing my point that, you know, leading with, hey, I'm I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, um, you know, in, in a bar full of non-Boston Red, Red Sox fans or something like that is not a good idea, right? So um, I don't think that, you know, leading, you know, one foot with religion first is, is a good idea. So um, that's kind of my, my, my thoughts on religion itself. That said, um, what I've been wanting to be consistent about was, um, you know, we're, we're all humans. We're all in the same boat right now. Um, you know, um, you, you know, I, whether or not you believe in something afterwards, um, you know, it's, it's your spirit, your personal spirituality and your personal religion. Um, that said, you know, I think we can all get together and work um, to solve this you know, current outbreak right now together. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly dedicating some of my, my time and resources to help mitigate um, the spread of COVID-19 via um, artificial intelligence by gathering uh, the data that's in this world um, and not out of this world, um, but uh, actually analyzing that. And, okay, let's try to keep people here, right? Um, because, you know, we have no idea what's after that anyway. True. Well, thank you, sir. And Chris? Yeah, Lou, thank you once again for inviting me in on one of your podcasts. Uh, I always I appreciate that you value my opinion, and I, I would definitely like if you decide to do a political one. I really, really would like to be on that one too. So please keep me in mind for that. And uh, I do thank everyone else listening in because you know it might seem like you know 
we have a lot more free time on our hands, but in a way, everyone's still kind of busy in one way or another. So apparently not everybody here is on the same time zone. So that's kind of cool that everyone respects you, Lou, and, you know, was cool enough to jump in on this. So thank you. And yeah, I think I'm glad that everyone came on here, and, you know, said how they felt. And I especially appreciate the gentleman who um, shared some of his words on what I had said earlier, because a lot of times that's how you learn more anyway, when someone says, hey, this is what I think. So sometimes you learn more from people that are different than you or people who speak up and say, hey, that's not what I think. And as long as you do it respectively, that's that's awesome. So thank you. All right. And Chris, you will definitely get an invite. Uh, Madeline? Um, also wanted to say thank you guys for having me. It's very interesting to hear, you know, all we've got a big spectrum of people on this um, chat and uh, I don't really have much to say except for, you know, I think most of us are in quarantine right now. So just keep your faith up and remember to keep loving each other, even if you have to do it. So All right. Thank you. And Brian? Um, yeah, I also want to say thanks for including me. Uh, if you ever need someone for a future discussion on a topic, feel free to reach out. But uh, the big things I just want to emphasize are that I don't think that, uh, I think the biggest thing is that just as a people, we need to get to a point where we're more confident in our own beliefs and more willing to accept people who do have different beliefs up front. So that way, we're able to listen to them and have more constructive, open dialogue and walk away without feeling the need to convert them to our way of thinking. Uh, and that being said, uh, I also think that uh, in terms of religion, we need to step away from the idea of trying to use religion or science to disprove each other when in reality they cover entirely different fields of knowledge. Never going to find a molecular formula in the Bible and you're never going to be able to use the scientific method to prove anything about the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty fair, man. And, and Jordan, uh, to close this out. Oh, what's up, y'all? I appreciate, I appreciate um, the time that you guys took to everybody out. Um, I think ultimately what, um, and hopefully we open this dialogue like even more like later on down the road. Um, with this topic and other topics as well. But um, I just think ultimately my biggest thing um, when talking about religion on a personal level is just more of how we use ideas and ideologies um, as a way to discriminate. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to, people have good intentions, be it religious or not. Um, but sometimes those good intentions lead to bad things. And I do think that religion as a whole um, throughout human history has led to some good things and some great things, but it has also led to a lot of devastating things um, and things that are, aren't necessary. And, um, you know, for lack of a better phrase, uh, the pathway to hell is paved by good intentions. So I think that, um, you know, while we, religious or not, while we have our ideas, it's fine. Um, I do think that, you know, religion as a whole needs to be a personal journey um i think it's okay to have community um however 
it does need to be a personal, it, in my opinion, it needs to be a personal journey that uh, isn't enforced um, lawfully and kind of, uh, as Christopher Hitchens would once say, and I don't mean it in any disrespect, it's like, you know, we all have our toys, let's leave them at home to play um, instead of trying to force others to play with our toys. So other, other than that, you know, love everybody, respect everybody, because, you know, we're all different, but we're all human. And our differences make us human and make us unique.